You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 68. Yes. Hello, my gruesome addicts. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Let's get into it, right? Right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. David Allen Turpin was born October 17th, 1961. David grew up kind of with like a bowl cut, haircut, you know, kind of thing. Uh, he was known as kind of a nerdy kid. Like a dumb and dumber bowl cut? Yeah. Like Jim Carrey's dumb and dumber? Kind of, yeah. Here's a... Kind of a later picture of him. Definitely. Kind of the same haircut, I would think. Yeah. There you go. Dumb and dumber. That's... (laughs) There you go. More like Harry. Yeah, Harry. Yeah. So he later graduated from Virginia Tech, working as a computer engineer for Lockheed. During this time, he met Louise Ann Robinette at church, according to family members. Louise was born May 24th, 1968, and was attending Princeton High School in Princeton, West Virginia. She was 16 years old, and David was 23 years old when they eloped in Parisburg, Virginia in 1985. The couple were Pentecostal Christians, so a part of their belief is that they must have numerous children because God called on them to do so. David and Luis went on to have 13 children, 10 daughters, and 3 sons. Jennifer Turpin... God damn! I know, (laughs) Yes. And obviously, Louise, her last name is now Turpin. Duh. So, I know. Ten kids. They were very, very busy. I mean, 13 kids. Very busy. Very, very busy. So, Jennifer Turpin, the firstborn, when David was 26 years old and Louise was 20 years old, remembering kind of being bullied a lot in school because she would wear the same clothes every day and she didn't have the best hygiene as her hair had been usually unwashed a lot, as well as her clothing. So nobody really wanted to be around her and be her friends, you know, be friends with her pretty much. And like in an interview she did later on, it's really sad because she didn't really realize it at that time. You know, she just thought she was living a normal life with her parents and just doing normal things that other kids did, you know. But like she didn't realize that the smell that, you know, her smell was pretty bad and she just didn't realize it. So it's really sad hearing her talk about that. But anyways. Jennifer would be the only one to attend grade school, all, like as all of the rest of the Turpin children were homeschooled under the Sandcastle Day School, where David Turpin was listed as, he was labeled as like the principal, and Louise was labeled as like a teacher. But oh, who were we fucking kidding? They didn't, do, they didn't do anything. They didn't teach their kids anything. So somewhere in all of that kid making, they moved to Fort Worth, Texas. And then in 1999, they moved again to Rio Vista, Texas, where... When they moved to these neighborhoods, like neighbors would say that they, the family rarely interacted with anyone. So they were just very to themselves. The children were to only call David and Louise mother and father, and they would go by nothing else but that, mother and father. In 2007, David and Louise move 10 of the children into an isolated trailer on their property, and it would bring them food to them like weekly, but obviously it wasn't enough for all 10 children, so they kind of had to sporadically give it to the, you know, as much as they could, like, you know, sparingly give it to all the 10 children that were there. David and Luis decided it was time to renew their vows at this time when the kids were in the trailer, but without their children. 
So they actually abandoned the children at this in this trailer. They got a hotel room. They went to bars. They got drunk. And they actually demanded that the older child, Jennifer, like discipline them, chain them up if they need to be chained up. Chained them up? Yeah. Like that bad. Jordan, remember, Jordan, she's one of the, the younger children, remembers being starved a lot and would resort to eating ketchup, mustard, and ice for food. Mind you, she was only six, six years old at this time. Fuck. I know. They had a dog cage that they would use when the kids were misbehaving. So the oldest Jennifer was instructed to use it if she needed to for the kids. Not like, obviously, Jennifer didn't want to, but potentially she didn't want to get disciplined for not disciplining her own. You know, she was terrified of her parents. All the kids were terrified of their parents, right? So by 2010, David and Louise had lived in Moretta, California, but moved one last time in 2014 to a single-story home at 160 Muir Woods Road in Paris, California, which is about 70 miles or 116 kilometers to Los Angeles. David and Luis were sharing photos of family like on Facebook, like they had a shared like Facebook page and they went on these Disneyland trips as like they had yearly passes, which just fucking blows my mind. <laughs> it's like you guys can have yearly passes at Disneyland, but you can't feed your fucking 13 children. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. They're just trying to show everyone this loving family, right? Like, we take our 13 kids to Disneyland and bullshit. Yeah. So again, they renew their vows in 2015, but this time with all 13 of the children. And there's a picture and videos of the entire family with Louise in a wedding dress, David's in a suit. Other girls are wearing the same, like, same outfit, purple plaid dresses with white shoes while the boys are wearing dark suits and what looks like purple ties almost, so like kind of matching. And like I said, there's a video of them during this time. They're all like dancing and it seems kind of awkward. I don't know. It just seems kind of awkward. I don't know if anybody else sees this, if they see the video. Um, but I'll post a video in case you haven't seen it. But this is just like, uh, I won't show you the video. It's kind of awkward, but this is what they all kind of look. I'm going to show you a picture of what they all kind of looked like. Mm -hmm. and they're all just kind of like snapping their fingers and dancing. It's just kind of a little awkward, you know, like, yeah. But later, Jordan recalled after this outing, like seeing her parents renew their vows that like it was, you know, they were finally out kind of not like they were a happy family or anything because they knew what they were going to go home to. Right. And she was like dreading that because going back home, they're going to filth. <laughs> they're going back home to putting on those dirty ass clothes that they had. And she just wanted to know why like her family couldn't act like that, like everywhere they went. Like, why? Why was it like that on the outside world and went home? It's just like, why couldn't they be that family? She's yeah. like, why? <laughs> and she's like, seriously. So. Mind you, again, this house, like I'm bringing it back to Pazuzu and Adam Strong. Oh, my God. Right? I know. I know. But this house was disgusting. There's trash everywhere. Like in these pictures, there's like Mountain Dew, like two liter bottles, like all over the kitchen floor. There's pizza boxes. In one other picture, it looks like fucking shit ton of Target bags, which I'll kind of get to later, I think, related to that. But they're just every it's everywhere, all over the place. So it was just fucking disgusting. So there's like also like I saw a picture of there's mold in all the showers and shit. I mean, obviously they didn't use them that much. So it's like, it's just disgusting. And they even said like the children, I think in one of the later call or something, um, I think it was Jordan. She actually said it's like, it was hard to breathe in that house. It was so disgusting. They kept the windows closed. It was hot. Like it was just pretty much unlivable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So another picture a couple posted on their Facebook account was a picture of the whole family matching. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like, you know, the thing, one thing, two. Mm -hmm. They have all the kids in them, but it goes all the way up to their shirt, say, like, thing 13. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of wearing the same thing, showing this perfect family, right? Again, fucking ridiculous. So David and Louise would actually buy them toys, but they weren't allowed to take them out of the packaging or play with them. 
Like this morning, I was kind of getting to potentially those Target bags, if that's what they were. Louise would max out credit cards buying new clothes, but when she got them, she would hang them up in a closet with the tag still on them while the kids were walking around in dirty-ass clothes. Louise and David would get fast food for themselves, but not that, you know, not let the children have any. They would have frozen food for themselves. Yeah, sometimes I think they would let the children eat that, but mostly they would eat like bread and peanut butter. They usually, I think, only ate once a day and only showered once a year. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> I just, it blows my mind that somebody could do that to, let on one or two children, 13 children. So this, by this time, the children are from ages 2 to 29 years old. Most of them are trying to figure out a way to escape and get help from someone for like the, pretty much the past 10 or two years. And Jordan made a song, posted online, hoping someone would see it and hear it. And actually, somebody did. And they asked her why she was always inside doing all these videos. And she said that she was stuck inside and that she wasn't able to eat a lot. And the person just said, like, you should probably call the cops. And, like, you know, in her head, she's like, yeah, I want to. But, like, mm -hmm. I'm terrified of my parents. So that was that. So one time, Luis caught Jordan watching a video and just started choking her just because she was watching this video. One of the boys chewed through one of the ropes that he was tied up with. So David and Luis <laughs> oh resorted God. to chains. Yeah. So that's why they started doing the whole chain thing because these kids, they wanted, you know, so he chewed through one of them. When their parents were out on rare occasions, rarely they ever did that, they would open windows for fresh air because when they were home, they would like when the parents, you know, David and Luis were there, they were only allowed to sit. They could just sit and they weren't even allowed to look outside because they're probably pretty much chained up in their beds. So. They were able to talk to one another, you know, when the parents weren't there. They were able to, like, teach each other stuff. Like, they were trying to teach each other, like, the alphabet and, like, school. Because they never went to school. They never learned any of this stuff. So, like, as much That's as I so could. so fucked up. I know. They would, you know, the older ones probably teach the littler ones, like, school stuff. You know, like, education-wise. Like, I know. It's terrifying hearing that stuff. So, Jordan actually loved Justin Bieber as she, like, loved his music. She loved to watch his interviews because it would, like, kind of teach her new things that she never really learned before. She loved his music and stuff like that. I Like, a lot of the older – I think a lot of the kids, especially Jennifer and Jordan, talk about music a lot. I think, like, they resorted to that a lot to get them out of this horrible situation, mm -hmm. you know. So one night, the oldest Turpin child, Jennifer, she escaped, but she was so scared that she actually returned back home. Another time, Jordan's sister tried to steal – her mother's food and so she was punished so uh louise chained her to her bed for punishment mind you these kids were only to sleep during the day and to stay awake at night probably in order for people not to see them right i would assume so jordan and jennifer decided to come up with a plan and get help for their siblings and themselves they overheard their parents talking about moving to oklahoma so they knew the time was now you know jordan kept having nightmares of dying like her mother, her mom, like choking her out and stuff like that. She kept having these re reoccurring nightmares. Like she was just going to die. Like her parents going to fucking kill her. She's going to yeah. starve to death, whatever, you know. So she had to do something. So Jennifer made a map of what she remembered. Like she, I told you she snuck out and uh -huh. they came back. So she made a little map of what she remembered, what she recalled from the quote unquote outside world because they never went outside rarely. So she made, uh, you know, this map of what she remembered of the outside world. And that's what Jordan took with her. So Jordan also remembered an episode of the show Cops where um, I'm assuming one of the officers maybe like saw either a child or uh, domestic violence. I don't know. But like the officer took a picture 
of this person with like bruises on them. So she kind of remembered that. So she's like, oh, so I can show proof to the yeah. officers that I'm not lying. I'm not just a, some teenager trying to get attention or something, you know, like. So she took pictures. So she took pictures. And the sweetest thing, I don't know why this is so sweet, but she like asked permission of her little siblings if she could take pictures of them. And they're, of course, they're like, yeah, like take yeah. pictures. But she's like, I asked permission to make sure. <laughs> yeah. So she took pictures of them so chained I, up on I'm, the bed. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no. interrupting you right here, but. I wonder if they learn like this is not life. This is not the way by like TV and stuff like that. Yeah. So Jordan actually said something about High School Musical. I've never seen it. Because when you're like in that home, kept Mm -hmm. as a prisoner pretty much your whole life by your parents, born and raised that way, how do you know any different? You don't. I wouldn't think you would know. So I wonder how they like figured out like, you know, like you said, the oldest one who's making the escape. She's the oldest one, right? Jordan, no, they're, um, Jennifer's the oldest one. She's uh-huh. 29 at this point. J- uh, Jordan's 17. Is Jennifer still at home? Yes, she's 29. She's the and oldest. She's All the kids are still kept in home. prison still yep, at 29. 29. That's insane. Yep, she was terrified. She tried to escape. She couldn't. Yeah, she's 29 But like, old. yeah, so you, like, how do you figure out this is not, I don't know, this just blows my, blows my mind. Blows my Oh, <laughs> that's usually Shelly saying if you guys haven't heard it like a thousand fucking times. <laughs> It's mind blowing. But uh But no, you're like you were saying she loves hi- Jordan I think was saying that she loved uh high school musical and like that's where she was like learning was like I don't never seen it, but she said something about like, oh maybe that's how a mother is supposed to act towards her daughter. Like that's how a family is okay, supposed the to act. There's in the movie and stuff and she's like, yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, she's like, This isn't they're how nice to like, they're yeah. nice to their kids. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and like this is how life is su- maybe supposed to be. Like maybe this isn't supposed to be life, how yeah. I'm living it. So yeah, I kinda see it that way, yeah. Well, thank you. Yes. Continue. <laughs> so, yeah. So she took pictures of her her sister's siblings chained up and stuff like that. So Jordan also had an old phone that her brother was actually about to throw away. I think it was her older brother. He was about to throw it away because it wasn't, like, connected or anything. But she was like, no, like, I'll take it. Like, I can still call 911. You know, it's still usable for 911. So she kept it. So Jordan makes a figure-like person in her bed. So it looks like she's still sleeping there in case her parents come uh-huh. in. I have a picture of it, too. I want to post it. And so she jumps out the window because she knew that she had to save her siblings and she's either going to save her siblings or she's going to die trying. She was so determined. So on neighbor security cameras at 5.49 a.m., there is footage of Jordan getting to, she jumps out the window. You can't really see her. She just see her running to the sidewalk. She's looking kind of down the street. She doesn't know where to go exactly. And then she just turns and she starts running. A few minutes later, the same camera catches one of her sisters. I don't know if it's Jennifer, but one of her sisters jumps out the window, runs the same, like you can see her right in the sidewalk. She actually runs the opposite direction of Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then like, like, I believe like 10 minutes later, she runs back and she goes back in the house because she can't find Jordan. So she doesn't want to get lost. She's only in trouble, right? So she goes back. This is where Jordan is terrified, obviously, right? She's shaking and she knows she's at the point where she needs to call 911 and get help. So something she has never done before, let alone talk to a stranger. She'll say it in this. She never talks to a stranger. She said she's also in the middle of the street because she didn't know what a sidewalk was. Wow. Yeah. And like even the dispatcher was like asking her an address. She gives like a zip code. She doesn't know, you know, when you look at a street in the corner, it's like the two signs, right? Yeah. Street going this way, street going that way. And it's like she didn't even know what that meant. So it's just interesting hearing talk about this. So. This is going to be a clip of both the 911 call and then it kind of ends with meeting Officer Anthony Colis, who was ending his shift that night. He was literally about to go home that night until he got this call. And he was thinking, you know, they've got probably gotten a million calls where a teenager runs away, 
Yeah, for what's sure. Up, you know, and it ends up being bringing them back home. Yeah. And everything is fine. And that's kind of what he thought that night, right? But it turned into something obviously completely different. So we're going to hear the 911 call and Jordan meeting up with the officer, leading them pretty much back to her house. 911 emergency, what are you reporting? Um, hello? This is 911, do you have an emergency? Um, I just ran away from home. Do you know what street you're on? Um, no. Uh, I just ran away from home because I was in a family of 15, okay? Can you hear me? And we have abusing parents. Did you hear that? Okay, how did they abuse you? Okay, they hit us, they throw us across, they like throw us across the room. They pull our hair, they, they yank out our hair. I have two my two little sisters right now are chained up. Okay, how old are you? I'm 17. What's your name? Golden Turkish. Okay, I'm gonna connect you to the service department so that they can help what? you. One moment, don't hang up. I won't. Okay. Hello? Oh yes, I'm still here. What's your address? Okay, you gotta give me a minute. This is gonna take a while. I've never been out. I don't go out much, so I don't know anything about the streets or anything. My address is nine two five seven zero five seven four. Did you get it? Okay, so now you just gave me a whole bunch of numbers you didn't give me any kind of street name there. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Thanks okay. those are the numbers on my house. That's your zip code. Your The numbers on your house should only be three digits. Are you in a corner right now? Uh, I'm, I might be. Are you at, is there a street sign? Is there a pole with two names at the top? I just need, I just see a stop sign. Okay, can you go over and stand right at that stop sign? Yes. The reason I ran away from home was because the chains will make them places and they will wake up at night and they will start crying. And they wanted me to call somebody and tell them. And so I wanted to call I wanted to call y'all so y'all can help my sister. Do you think anybody in the house will need to go to the hospital? Uh, I'm not sure. Sometimes we live in still and sometimes I wake up and I can't breathe because how dirty the house is. We never take baths. When was the last time you had a bath? What? When was the last time you had a bath? Almost a year ago. Do you know if your parents keep any kind of weapons in the house? Uh, I think that my father has a gun. Have you seen the guns? No, but they've talked about it. Do you know what your dad's name he is? He is Turpin. I don't know much about my he mother. He doesn't like us. He doesn't spend time with us ever. Does anybody at the house take any kind of medication? Oh, I don't know what medication any is. Any medicine? When we have a cold, sometimes we take rubbication. He's two. He's 11. Oh, 14, 16. I'm 17, 18, 19. 20, 22, 23, 20, I think 5, 29. I just want to stay on the phone with you. 
um, how did you get this phone that you have? Uh, it was a phone that my brother had that he was going to throw away. And I had to have a way to contact somebody like you. So I got it so I could call number one. And you guys don't have any friends or anybody who comes over to the house? Hi. Okay. Is that the deputy? Okay. Um, yes. Go talk to him, okay? Yes. Alright, bye-bye. Hi, right, what's going on? Okay. I just ran away from home. Okay. And I live in a family of 15. Okay. My two little sisters right now are chained up. They're chained up? Yes. Where are they chained up at? On their bed. Now, Mother didn't chain them up just to be mean. Okay. They're chained up because they stole Mother's food. Uh-huh. But I'm sorry if I talk too much. Okay. I've never talked to anybody out there, so I don't, I don't... I've never been alone with the person, so this is very hard for me to talk. Okay. How did you... Do your parents know you left your house? No, they don't. Do you take any medication? What's medication? Medication? Yeah, what's medication? Do you take pills? Do you take pills? Oh, I for... don't think I've ever taken a pill before. <clears throat> okay. Right, I haven't. Um, but our parents are abusing. They abuse us. But the reason I called and the reason I managed to get out here, this is one of the most scariest things I've ever done. Uh -huh. I'm terrified. But I called because my two little sisters, they're chained up right now. Do you have pictures of that? Yes, I can show you. I actually didn't have it, and then one of my sisters told me I need to get pictures. You have pictures of your sisters chained up? Yes, but uh, they're, yeah, they're in here. Okay. I, I don't have proof of everything, but I have proof that my sisters are chained up. So see? See, those are the places that make it on them. And see how dirty she is? We are so filthy. We, we, we don't take baths. We don't. How did your sisters get like this? Okay. Your parents chained them up? Yes, because they stole food. Okay. But they stole it because they were hungry. Who took this picture? I did. I took those pictures. <laughs> okay. You make sure to save these, okay? Okay, I will. Don't get rid of those. I will. I won't. Can you do me a favor? Take a seat in the back of my car. Okay. Do you have any injuries? What's injuries? Are you hurt? Oh, no. Not right now. What are your parents going to do when they find out you left? Uh, they're going to want to literally kill me. What's the worst thing they've done to you? Uh, they have choked me against the bed and... Did you call the police? I know, I didn't have to do the phone yet. This is the first chance I've got to um, Oh, my brother's chained up too. Um, They're chained up? One of my brothers is chained up. Uh, so three people are chained up right now. What does your mom do? Nothing. She just stays at home. She, uh, but she's always gone. Well, why don't you guys just leave the house? Because we're terrified. We, we don't really have a way. Everyone's always looking. There's always somebody. Yeah, that was that 911 call. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know, hearing how her, she's talking about her family 15, how she has abusing parents, her sisters are chained up, and then going from that to talking to the officer. And she does kind of seem younger than 17, right? A little bit. Yeah. And 
she's like, are you on medication or whatever? And she's like, medication? What is like, she didn't even know what medicate. He's like medicine. She's like, oh, no, I'm not on any medicine or anything. It's like she didn't know a lot. <laughs> Just shows that's you right I, there. That, that's what I was saying earlier, like how much mm-hmm. blocked off to the real world they are. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. It's, it's Doesn't even know sad. the streets or anything or her own address. No. You know, yeah. She's lost. For sure. Yeah. She was even saying in the interview that I watched, um, she was like, I was terrified. She's like, I didn't want to stay at the stop sign. I wanted to leave. She was afraid like her mom would find out that she was gone and coming to, she thought that her parents were going to kill her if they ever found out that she ran away and contacted the cops pretty much, you know, so terrifying, but props to her for, <laughs> yeah, for doing that. So 7.23 a.m. Police finally arrived to the Turpin home with Jordan in the back of the car. Obviously, mm-hmm. she didn't get out. She didn't <laughs> want yeah. nothing to do with that. That's terrifying. It was an hour and a half after she escaped. Four officers show up to the front door to do a welfare check on the children. And after two minutes and 10 seconds of knocking, <laughs> finally, David and Louise open the door. They tell the Turpins that a girl either called or it was like a neighbor. They weren't like, I think they knew they just didn't want to be like yo your your daughter jordan just called us and they say like, it like that too like no. yo <laughs> just say, yo your daughter jordan <laughs> no, they just you know probably don't want to like spiel everything out to yeah, them you know sure. they want to keep it secret oh yeah you kind of kind of come off like that yeah exactly so louise starts asking like what girl where'd she come from what's her name you know all stuff and they're like you know obviously not telling her so then she says, you know, Luis is like, we were just sleeping. I don't know what you're talking about. And then officers are like, right away, just fucking make their way in. They're like, we need to check, you know. So they're just squeezing past them. And then obviously, you know, they come into this huge mess. And even um, David was like, do you need, we need, a, don't you need like a search warrant? He's like, no, sir, we don't need one. <laughs> That's like, crazy. So like on a welfare check, you don't need a search warrant? When I think when it comes to children, children like that like and something in that. Yeah. yeah, I don't think. Wh- wh- how would you go about that? What if you knocked yeah. on the door? Like, are you abusing your kid? But well, I can't come in. Yeah. They would fucking kill the kid or something. Something would happen to him, maybe. Exactly. Exactly. If, and then if all that time went by to get a warrant to get in there. Exactly what I was just going to say. I, I actually don't. I don't know the laws on it all. So I have this first time I ever even thought about that. I heard another case where it's like, I think police should have done something like that. And the kids were getting abused. I think it's the case that's kind of going on right now. Uh, I think it was in Utah. And um, they did nothing. And the kids were obviously being abused. None of them died. But, like, that doesn't – not that that makes sense. But, like – or yeah. <laughs> but um, they didn't do anything. They just, like, noticed the kids there. The kids weren't answering the door. So they're like, okay. And they just walked away. Can you imagine if they did in this? Yeah. It's like, it's like what you're kind of saying. Like, yeah. So it's like I think they So welfare checks to. are just – yeah, they can no just more. go in, I yeah. guess. We need to have, like, a – retired cop or something with us in this podcast yeah be awesome <laughs> like what are the laws Don't. behind this yeah seriously like some seriously, lawyer or something you know seriously. i don't know let's get into that we should yeah. do that <laughs> anyone out there want to be a guest on one of our uh, episodes let us know only if you have a background in law yes for sure <laughs> if you don't just listen Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> they obviously come into a complete mess with shit everywhere, like I was saying, you know. But like orders. Oh, like uh Pazuzu's. I think that was the guy, right? God damn. <laughs> but <clears throat> no kids so far were like chained up, but they did find bruises on their wrists. Louise like followed, obviously followed the officers like around the home until they finally were like, ma'am, you need to step away. Let our officers do what they need to do. You go in the living room. <laughs> yeah. You know, because she was like being nosy, obviously. So finally they come across one of the younger boys chained to his bed, but they could not find the key to unlock him. 
And right then, he was like, arrest him. <laughs> you know, so they go arrest David and Louise. And they ask them, like, where is this key to unlock this little boy? And she's like, um, one of my, my kids knows where it is. Well, ask one of them. <laughs> so the kid was like, you know, one of the kids was like, oh, it's in that drawer. So the officers, like, go into this huge, like, drawer, whatever the fuck it is, and just takes his hands and moves his pile of fucking trash covering this drawer. Just moves, like, he's just sitting there just uncovering this thing. Finds the key and, like, it's on the body camera footage of him. It's just the most, I teared up watching it. It was just so sad. I mean, obviously his face is blurred and everything because he's a child, but it's like, it's just so sad seeing him, like, having to unchain a small little child. Like, what the For fuck? For weeks he For was there, what? too. What's the fucking I reason of all don't, this shit? No, It drives me crazy. I know that was the biggest thing is Jordan in this interview. She's like, why? Why, why, why? A million times, why? Why would you do this? I'm her main question. I, that's what I want to know, too, right? So all 13 children were taken from the home and brought to a hospital. They found the rest of the chains in the back of one of the closets in David and Louise's room because they couldn't find them. They kept like, where are the rest of the chains? We know they were chained up. We saw like, you know, pictures of them and stuff. So and if you haven't seen it, you know, but watching, like I was saying, you can see the video of him doing it. It's just heartbreaking of him unlocking the child, the little boy. So after examining the children, some of their some of their injuries included difficulty walking, stunted growth heart damage from lack of nutrients, one of the preteens who had an arm the size of a four-and-a-half-month baby. What? Yeah. And speech limited from neglect. That's how bad they were. Like, a preteen's arm was the size of a four-and-a-half-month-old baby. Like, and somebody even said that they were declining so much that... They thought like some of the kids, like they were talking about moving to Oklahoma. They thought like, like some of these kids are not even going to make it. They're so bad off. I think Jennifer, when they found her, she was 82 pounds at 29 years old. Wow. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. David and Louise were charged with 12 counts of torture, seven counts of abusive of a dependent adult, six counts child abuse, 12 counts of false imprisonment. And during the trial, two children spoke, or probably after the trial, spoke, which was Jennifer and Joshua, and this is what they had to say. Joshua is one of their kids. I don't know how exactly how, he was one of the older boys, but he didn't, he doesn't really want to be shown. I don't blame him, like mm-hmm. on camera, at, the, at least this time of the interview and stuff like that. But um, after this whole thing, he said, I cannot describe in words what we went through growing up, but that is the past and this is now. I'm getting a bachelor's degree in software engineering. In June of last year, I learned how to ride a bike. I also have learned how to advocate for myself, how to swim, how to eat healthy, and prepare a balanced meal. And so like I was saying, he wants to be like unknown. He doesn't want his face on camera. Don't blame him. Jennifer stated after the trial, quote, my parents took my whole life from me, but now I'm taking my life back. They almost changed me, but I realized what was happening. I immediately did what I could to not become them. I'm strong and I'm shooting like a rocket, unquote. David and Louise spoke, but honestly, I don't give a shit about their sorries <laughs> or like any of the fucking stupid shit they said in court. Like he was, David was trying to read something to his kids and he was just like crying, quote unquote, <laughs> too much. So he had like, you know, his uh, lawyer like try to read it and then he's like, oh no, I can read the rest. And he tries to read it and it's just fucking stupid. So I'm not even going to play that. I don't even talk about it. So <laughs> because like even Jennifer says they're great at manipulating people, which I believe. So it's probably all fake. They were both sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after wow, 25 life. years. That's crazy. Experts believe that they will never receive parole due, the, due to the severity of the crime. Hopefully. Hopefully these pieces of shit never fucking get out. 
David was originally sent to the Mule Creek State Prison before being sent to the California State Prison Corcoran. Corcoran? I don't know how to say that. No, C-O-R-C-O-R-A-N. Corcoran. I don't know. And Louise is in the Central California Women's Facility. There are, were funds for the children to help them with school, um, but they were failed by the system. Unfortunately, so seven minors were placed in foster homes. Six of adults were assigned under the help of Vanessa Espinoza, a Riverside County deputy public guardian, but she was not help whatsoever to them. Uh, the older children were thrown into horrible areas and had hard times getting food for themselves, education, all of that. She would tell the children literally to go Google things so that way they can learn. That's fucked world. up. <laughs> like, who the fuck tells somebody that? Yeah. Go Google? Like, ah, drives me crazy. Jordan even stated that she was released without warning from a foster home. She was only 17 when this happened, right? So from a foster home with no life skills, no plans for housing or knowledge of how to obtain food and health care. So that's just so saddening after all the shit that they've been through. Uh, that same chick, Vanessa, also did real estate and a reporter, David Scott, fucking amazing guy. He tried to meet up with her at her real estate office, but she just drove away without meeting him. The younger children, so sad, have been actually re-victimized in foster care homes, being abused all over again. Fuck. And one of those foster care family, they were arrested for abuse of the children, including one of the Turpin kids and all, and all the kids that they had. They got arrested for abusing them. I believe that the four of the youngest are now together. It could be wrong, but that's kind of what I heard, what I thought Jordan had stated. Um, Jordan had a reunion with the officer that she met on the night of January 14th, 2018, which is the day that she escaped and, you know, called 911 and everything. So it's damn touching watching them, like, meet again. Like, even the officer, you can see he's, like, rubbing his eyes, like, just seeing her, like, probably, is, like, she looks so much better than she did, you know, obviously in that video, like... You know, in the in his dispatch, like you know, I mean, his uh, camera, body cam, body cam. Yeah, there you go, his body cam. So yeah, he just tears up. It was really sweet, but um, also the dispatcher, she sent a little message to her, like saying how brave she is and all this stuff. It was just really sweet. So Jordan did end up graduating high school. She took college classes. Um, she got food stamps, and which she kind of got through school, like housing and everything. So I'm sure that helped her a lot. Uh, she wants to become a motivational speaker and wants to give her future kids the best life ever. Uh, she wants her siblings to be happy, and she loves when they can all be together. Luis, uh, her sister, and her mom were all actually sexually abused when they were younger, I believe, by the same man. So I wonder if that plays a role of, like, kind of her control that she had over Like, she was being controlled by whoever this person was. Maybe she wanted to have some control over her kids because of what she went through. I have no idea. But Jordan even wonders if, like, her shitty childhood, like, had, was a reason why she treated them like that. But Jordan's like, that's no fucking reason. Yeah. Like, you could change your life around and not do that to us. Like, you had a decision, but you chose not to do that. So it's just crazy that Jordan can realize that. And just, it's heartbreaking that, you know, the mom, Louise, went through all that and then turned around and did all the shit to her own kids. It's fucking horrifying. So, anyways, let's close this out on what Jordan and Jennifer had to say. On uh, this thing I called, I watched called The Escape from a House of Horror. It's an interview with Diane Sawyer. I believe it was in November of 2021. And uh, yeah, so it's just a little clip of that little interview. Here it is. Out of a harrowing life, so much hope. 
No one doubts along the way. The mountains will be tall. The challenge is great. They'll need a helping hand. But every day, the young women who fought their way out are trying to catch up on joy. <laughs> How does it feel? Awesome. <laughs> Jennifer is now in training to be a manager at a restaurant. I'm heading to work. A big dream of mine is to become a Christian pop artist. Her favorite song right now is Kelly Clarkson's Broken, Broken and, and Beautiful. Beautiful. The way music has helped me, I want to help people with my music. I really like doing TikToks. <laughs> I like Charlie D'Amelio. They're such a cute family. Jordan managed to graduate high school in one year and has been taking college classes. What was your favorite subject to study? I loved government and I loved English and I loved math. I would say, can I have double homework? Can I have, I love to learn. And I was a really fast learner and I got good grades and I was really happy. <laughs> she recently got food stamps and housing through school and she has a plan of her own. Me graduating college, being a book writer or a motivation speaker. When I have kids, I wanna make sure I'm in a good place, I have a good job, because I want to give my kids the best life ever. In the meantime, the sisters say the most important thing in their lives is getting to see their siblings and trying to help them be happy and safe. What is it like to be together? It feels at home, being with all of us. Every time we're together, it's a very special moment because we always know at the end of the day, we're always going to have each other. And their brother, who sent the video has a message too. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for everything. This is a big help to be able to, you know, just get this out and let it be heard. I want the last name Turpin to be remembered as a name of strength. I don't want Jennifer Turpin, oh, that poor, poor, you know, 30-year-old woman who went through a tragic life. No, I want that name to be my name and her name, the Turpin name. Like, wow, they're strong. They're not weak. They're not broken. They've got this. See. So, yeah, I was just kind of, you know, interesting hearing their, you know, their take on things and where they're going to go with the rest of their lives and what they want to do and... Happy they're out now, you know? Yeah. But as of today, we're recording this on January 15th, 2024. But like I said, that was January 14th of 2018. So that was six years ago as of yesterday. So yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. I forgot where I was. So yeah, crazy, just a horrendous, amazing story. But I'm, you know, I'm glad that Jordan was so brave to do what she did without not knowing the outside world for 17 years. Yeah. And, you know, just to save her brothers and sisters, right? That's, she's like, I'll do it whether I die or live. I want to help For my sure. siblings. I want to get out of this. So an amazing story and ending, I guess you could say. But totally. Hopefully they're all doing well. Live a great life. Yeah. How do you go on from there? Lots it's got to be therapy. so hard. You're just like, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough for sure. For sure. And I wonder if any of them are ever going to want to see their parents in prison. Yeah. I wouldn't. But I don't know. I've never been in that situation. But that's going to be hard. 
Very difficult, but thanks guys for listening to this horrible story. Until next Monday, stay safe and be awake.